you're actually totally conscious of what's really happening. In the ancient mystery religions, it talked about it a lot. In fact, every old holy book talks about it. It doesn't matter what culture it came from, because the same hidden references are, are embedded within those books, and they called those who could never, ever see the blind. And they called those who maybe walked about, but were technically um, inanimate in a sense, and that they were not alive as such. You have to be conscious to be alive. They were called the dead. And we still have lots of them walking about today. I'll be back with more about this after these messages. Hi folks, Alan Watt back with Cutting Through the Matrix. And last week I was talking about this new gizmo which is put out there for Californians to test out, which is a, a form of wireless communication, but you'll buy the products and stick it in your window. And it'll help communicate to all, between all different uh, computers and so on in your area. And this goes hand in glove with what I talked about before, and that's the $100 laptop. Uh, now, the $100 laptop is run by a supposed charitable organization. They sell it for about $300 in the U.S., but for every one you buy, they supposedly give one free away to some poor person in Africa. That's supposedly the idea of it. But it's more than that, because these laptops will share the memories of, of neighboring laptops and all communicate together. All of this really is getting you used to all being one and one community as well, where everyone knows everything about everyone else. And that will be combined with MySpace and all the other stuff that would ask you all your details, personal details and so on. And youngsters and older people too are glad, so glad to just give them everything they want to know about you. And this is what the tyrants have been dreaming for thousands of years, to have all information on, on, on every subject. And that's what we are, we're subjects, you see. In the real world, we're subjects to those who run and own the world. They run all the agencies that do all this stuff. They run uh, the big companies, the international corporations that make these types of computers. All the laptops, by the way, they're made off, I think it's Korea, or an island somewhere. And that's all brands, all made by one company. They supposedly keep secrets from one company to the other. They can be trusted so well. What a joke. You see, everything is one corporation already. That's the bottom line. We're one big corporation. And this new technology they're giving out under this $100 laptop is only a step, as I say, in getting us all together. And yet that combines with these reality shows for the children. Now they're on, and the teenagers are on television, where everybody wants to be an actress, an actress, and take their mates to bed in full view and all this kind of stuff, and, and play games and head games and scream and shout at each other. That's to get everyone into exposing everything about themselves on the Internet prior, prior to getting a chip implanted in you, which will take over from the computer altogether. And I was going to go into who was behind this $100 laptop, and I had a whole lot of data uh, talking about Nicholas Nicoponte, who was a big player behind this. He's a guy promoting it. But a writer from California has summed it up, so I don't have to go through all this long-drawn stuff on this particular character. 
And this writer from California says, just talking to someone recently uh, who told him about a charity he was raising money for called One Laptop Per Child. And for every laptop one bought for charity, they would receive the same laptop for themselves to the charity. <laughs> he said it was started by some rich guy who he didn't know much about. I didn't bother telling him that the guy was Nicholas Nicoponte, co-founder of the MIT, that's the Michigan Institute of Technology Media Laboratory, and founder of MIT's Architecture Machine Group, a lab and think tank started in the 1960s to study new approaches to human-computer interaction. Also a col columnist for Wired magazine, author of Being Digital, which I have not read, but evidently focuses quite a bit on various interfaces, holography, etc. I also didn't tell him that Nicholas was the brother of John Negroponte, the U.S. Deputy Secretary of State and the first ever director of national intelligence. I've been telling you forever, years, these guys are all combined, these big corporations and the big technological institutions, they're all one. They had to be one during the Cold War since technology was going to supposedly win the war. He said, I did, she was on to say, I didn't say any of that because I know the guy is a Kiwanis or a Lion or some other low-level do-gooder who is always raising money for worthy causes who wouldn't comprehend the significance of anything I told him anyway. And that's true enough, because these characters that push the charities at the bottom are what Albert Pike called the willing fools. You'll, you'll see the same thing with the Masonic chip. It's known Masonic magazines, the ones they put out themselves, and the ones who are promoting the, the chip per child are the free Masonic lodges across the planet. And that's a fact. Check it up yourself. There's websites up there on it. So everything is a step-by-step -step process to get us all connected with each other. We will live in an age, like Revelation said, where all that was hidden will be shouted from the rooftops. Actually, it will be in your window in a little wireless gizmo you, you, you tape onto it. And everyone will know everything else about you in your, your little community, except your Oberfuhrer. He'll be in charge and he'll have privacy. And that's what's coming under this totalitarian system. Uh, that is marching down the road. It's actually galloping now. They used to say the New World Order is on the run, and I used to laugh at that. I said, yeah, they're running all over us. And they certainly are, because the, the, the infrastructure for a complete, total takeover of every facet of your existence is already on the books. The agencies have the manpower to do it now, and they're ready to put on into action. They're issuing licenses now, to hospital staff in some of the big cities from Homeland Security to give them the rights to go around inoculating people in times of this definitely coming plague, you know, this definitely coming plague that they're so sure is going to come. Now, uh, two or three weeks ago, I read from a magazine on some stuff that had been dropped over the Californians, and it was from newstarget.com. And here's a, an update on that. We know about the supposed tiny miniature capsules that were getting dropped that had not been tested on humans or even animals, except that they were highly poisonous. And this uh, supposed stuff to kill off moths is contained in incredibly tiny capsules, which bury themselves deep within the human body when you breathe them in. And here's an update to it, thenewstarget.com. And this is December 31st, 2007. 
by Rami Nigo. It says, sometimes bad dreams do come true. My bad dream was that the government issued quarantine and forced everybody to be vaccinated for some fake disease. In my dream, I took my family and fled to the hills to avoid being vaccinated. Now, nine months later, this dream has come true in an emergency. I relinquished my rental contract and moved my pregnant partner and three-and-a-half-year-old daughter out of Santa Cruz, California, to avoid being exposed to potentially deadly chemicals. The chemicals known by the trade name is Checkmate OLR-F and Checkmate LBAM-F have been sprayed via state-owned airplanes in September and October in Monterey County, California. These same aerial chemicals, despite their known health risks, were sprayed on two nights over the people of Santa Cruz County. The purpose of the spray is to control, supposedly so they're telling us, is to control the mating habits of the light brown apple moth. The reason the moth needs to be controlled, they say, is due to the possibility of $100 million of damage. And it is realized that this figure is not a fact, but based on a government guess. And it goes on to say, the, government, the California Department of Food and Agriculture's own doctor acknowledges in court documents that aerial application of this chemical has not been tested. Let me repeat this so you understand. Chemicals have been sprayed on the young children, nursing mothers, people with asthma, lung problems, heart problems, the elderly disabled, the homeless, and the chemically sensitive. And this chemical formulation has never been tested on even a piece of dirt, let alone humans. The newly designed FAROE statement, that's F-A-R-O-E-S statement, the consensus of over 200 scientists calls for a precautionary approach with respect to exposure of fetuses and children to environmental toxins. The consensus is that the exposure of fetuses or children to chemicals can cause increased susceptibility to disease and disability later in life. Now you're getting the point. This is the point of all this. Uh, That's really the point of it. In addition, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency has specific directives and codes that state that they should not experiment with pesticides on pregnant women or infants. It's a fact since this aerial pesticide has not been proven to control the moss mating habits and has not been proven safe to animals or humans that this is an experiment. And by the way, they're only spraying over towns and cities, not over the orchards, uh, which should really make uh, a half-awake person think a little bit. In Montreal, approximately 100,000 residents were exposed to untested chemicals to control the mating habits of less than 750 moths in Santa Cruz County. Over 100,000 residents will be exposed between, I think it's the 7th of November and the 9th of November to untested chemicals to control the mating habits, blah, 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 of 9,000 moths. This is not, now here's the thing, the last time we want to knew about the one application, this is not a one-time application, but will continue monthly, beginning again in February for nine months, <laughs> and then repeated for up to a total of three years. And then he goes on to say again that this, is, um, this program designed to eradicate the moth at best will only control the moth's mating habits. It will not eliminate the moth. At worst, the program will be ineffective, cost taxpayers millions of dollars, and cause permanent disability to residents and their pets. All this harm is over a little moth that has yet to cause even $1 damage 
in California. See, you've also got the clues in here. This has probably got nothing to do with a moth. It says here, do you know that each aerial application of Checkmate OLR-F and LBAMF costs approximately 3.5 million, and that 3 million of this is paid directly to the manufacturer, Sutera LLC of Bend, Oregon. The projected expense of this eradication attempt will cost taxpayers over $70 million, just as Prey, Monterey, and Santa Cruz counties, the proposed nine times. These monthly sprays are already scheduled for next year to begin in March. The California Department of Food and Agriculture has created a map which shows where it's being sprayed. I'll be back with more after these messages. through this matrix, piecing the usual pieces together, which are always right in front of your face. If you're into court of law, you presume the person is not going to tell you the truth if they're guilty, but you go on supposedly the preponderance of evidence. And our whole lives long, we're told we should ignore our perceptions and our conclusions and throw out all the evidence that we compile about certain facts. And the fact is we're under tremendous attack. And we've been lied to so often, especially with the great experimentation. And apart from that, they are reducing the population as we speak. It's been happening all our lives, in fact. And the last people they're going to tell and admit to happens to be you. Even when autism records and everything else are going through the roof and increasing drastically per month in some U.S. states and other places across the world. So look up newstarget.com for... December the 31st, 2007, for that report on this particular spring over the Californian area, which they're going to do the whole bay eventually. And good, you know, good, uh, good luck to the people who are living there. I hope they can take some precautions to save at least some of this stuff from being breathed in. I'd stay in my home and, and close all the windows, I think, for a, a few months. Now go on to a caller. It's Andrea from Texas. Are you there, Andrea? Yeah, hello? Hello. Yeah. Yes, I'm here. Okay. How are you doing? I'm surviving. But a thaw here, it's a January thaw. We get that for about a week, and then it goes back to the deep freeze. I can't believe I asked that question. You've been from Canada. That's all, all right. right. Huh? I, I'm keeping out the rain. It's actually raining as well on top of all that. Yeah, I wanted to kind of touch on the uh, chemtrails because... For the holiday, I went down south to Atlanta, you know, on a bus, and as I went down south, you start seeing people with, like, Mason's logos on their jackets, and you see, might see a car with, like, a little Eastern Star thing around um, yeah. the uh, license plate. Then I looked up, and, man, they're a lot more obvious down there with the chemtrails than they are here in North Texas, because yeah. the ones in North Texas, they seem to be more faster dissipating. But, you know, they're just cross-hatching all day down there. It was ridiculous. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I get reports daily from all over the U.S. and Canada uh, of the same thing going on. They have stepped it up, and they're using different types of sprays on different occasions. And, and everyone's coming down with the, the, the chronic bronchitis, with the, the raspy throat, uh, the dry you're, mouth. You're right. And, I mean, even around here, like, I don't know if, 
you know, I can't be special because there's like a FEMA base and everything around here. But like um, a few weeks ago, I was walking my dogs and I see like the small Cessna flying solo. I can see the engines and make out the numbers. I've seen the big white planes flying that low in residential neighborhoods. I was on the highway yesterday. You see this military jet practically flying on the highway with like this translucent black smoke spewing out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, I finally pointed out to my friend, I've been doing that for months, and she finally was like, okay, yeah. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they can't really get it because they've been trained that nothing on such a proportion could possibly be done to them by those above them. They, they, they'll, they'll do that to the very end, unfortunately. And you can actually take people out there when there's maybe 20 or 30 crisscrosses in the sky, and they'll, they'll ask you what you're pointing at. They, they, they don't see it. Yeah, I had to, you know, first ask, okay, do you know what a contrail is? Mm-hmm. I kind of remember what clouds looked like back in the day. But, yes, your memory. You know, with the chronic bronchitis and everything, I've just been trying to stay inside and, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I, I remember you mentioning that you had um, written your military or something like that. How would somebody go about doing that? You just go into the Department of Defense and uh, especially the Air Force. You see, it was, a, it was the U.S. Air Force about four or five years ago now. Uh, they said that, uh, and in all major newspapers, they put an article out saying that shortly they would own, they'd own the weather. And uh, so you just write to the Air Force and you get a standard reply back. This is to all British Commonwealth countries as well as the U.S. It's the same reply verbatim that they've been told to give out where they go on to explain what a contrail is. Uh, but they, they, they said that's, that's what you must have seen as a contrail. They explain water vapor and so on. Yeah, yeah. yeah not in Texas when it's like 80 degrees. And... Yeah, oh, it's a new phenomena. <laughs> yeah. It's a new phenomena. And they just can't explain these things. It's just uh, inexplicable. Inexplicable you know, people are like, wow, the weather just changed so quickly. I don't know what happened. And you hear people kind of casually mention, oh, it must be global warming, chuckle, chuckle. It's that's right, that's right. And, and I've got books going back to the 1950s and 60s when the same characters, in fact, from the 60s that were putting out major books on the, the coming deep freeze, the global cooling, were told it's easier to warm the planet up by using harps. So they started writing books on global warming. I mean, I've seen it, and I remember it all. I remember the names, too, of the authors, and I have the books. You're right, because I had talked to my dad, like, before I had, you know, because actually about a year ago I felt like a clicking. You know, the indoctrination was starting to take over because I'd always been kind of awake, but I was starting to go all the way there. But I had talked to my dad, and I remember him mentioning, you know, he talked, you know, they had, like, the whole Ice Age things back That's there. Right. And we were talking about it, and I was trying, like, no, global warming's real. And I called him a few months ago, and I was like, yeah, I, I do remember something about that. And he had mm-hmm. told me about yeah, you see, they thought initially with, with, the, with the spraying, it might be easier to cause cooling. And then they found it was cheaper, most cost-effective to, to cause warming. And, and so they decided to change their mind suddenly and, and push out the warming stuff. And that, that and goes by I've read in that uh, Brzezinski book, he talked about, I haven't gotten all the way through it, but, you know, in the first part he even mentions um, controlling the weather. Yes. Oh, that's old stuff. It's old stuff now. And the thing about that book, the last time it was checked out was 1976. That's right. No one wants to read these books. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back with more like, after, wow. after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
Alan Watt back, cutting through the matrix. And uh, we just had Andrea on the phone. Are you still there, Andrea? Yes, I'm still here. Yes, so the spraying, as I say, it's a worldwide thing that's going on. And the New Agers already have their disinfo guys out there going through the circuits oh, to save us from global warming, you see, as we all start dying Speaking off. Speaking of New Agers, I recently went to a party, and um, it was full of them. And you, you see the type of conversation that's going on. It was like the coven of witches. They thought I wasn't listening, you know. Uh -huh. I was listening. <laughs> but anyway, it was like the coven of witches, and they're all sitting there plotting against people, you know, and just... Mm -hmm. It was ridiculous, and, you know, I was talking to some other people at the party, and, like, the lady that was hosting the party was like, no, you have to stop talking about that. She's like, we're, we're trying to have fun at the party because we're talking about political issues, but nobody was getting upset, you know. It's just a fact of life. Yeah. You know how they just turn away from anything negative, you know. Oh, you mustn't look at the negative. Uh, right, right to the wall, you, you still won't see that wall. And uh, that's how they'll go to the end. They've been trained. You know, the cultural industry, as I say, and whole, the whole New Age movement was promoted by a department of culture that was set up in the U.S., and it was funded and directed by the CIA. Right. This guy from Jolison was a guy in charge of it for the States, and he set up operations in Britain and all over Europe as well. They funded all the biggest magazines, the monthly magazines that you can imagine, and hired all the, the hack writers that became very populous and even famous. They made them famous. Unlimited financing. And they created the British the society for, it was called uh, Free uh, Culture, or, or, uh, and that was run out of London. And they gave us the music, they gave us all the, the, the uh, pop art and everything, and they gave us all the, the, the writers that led our thoughts along certain paths. This, was a, this is a fact. And the New Age movement was created and led by them. We already have uh, admissions now declassified that uh, Gloria Steinem and others were funded by the CIA, including the magazines that they promoted. It's quite amazing that every change that, that altered culture was, was promoted by the CIA and MI6 from Britain. And uh, people listening, if you haven't gotten his books, I recently got them and read through the first two, and... Um I was laughing all the way through them, and not because the material is yeah. funny. It's just yeah. when you see what it is, where it is, it's just yeah. comical. It is. It is comical when you stand back and, and just look at it, and the penny drops here and there, and you realize that you've been, uh, it's just one big joke, you know? Yeah. It's one big joke on the public. Like, I've even been noticing the architecture at my school, and, you know, we've got these two twin towers that are the dorms. They have the big bin tower that um, houses the administration people, the library is a temple <laughs> with uh, the Greek gods up in the stained glass window. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, and I recently went to a friend's graduation and I was like, wow, this really is a ceremony. You see the chancellor come out <laughs> mm -hmm. with the mace and everything and all their squared heads. That's right, with the hods on their heads, the old bricklayer's hods. And, uh, yeah, people don't even know what they're looking at. They don't even understand what they're looking at because it's become tradition. And we don't question tradition. If you do stand back and question all of, any of tradition, you'll start to get the answers, and it can actually freak some people out when they catch on to what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I sent you an email. I don't know if you received it. You should uh, read that. Mm-hmm. And 
Well, you hang in there and keep out, keep it out from the the spraying as much as you can. And uh, you know, there's actually filters you can buy that they use for underground bunkers. You can there's actually a company out there you can buy some of the external filters which do limit the stuff that comes through your window, for instance, and they'll they'll filter some of it out. Look into that. I don't know if this helps, but I use um. I got it from Yoga actually because I was getting into some of that new. I mean, some. I mean, like you said, there's a little bit of truth in everything, just as long as you don't go. Yeah. You know, because I was never one to chant because I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm saying. Yeah. Uh-huh. But um, it, it's like a neti pot, and you um, it clears your navel passages. That helps me because I've noticed when they're spraying real hard, I get so stuffed up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you again. And uh, here's another little deal that's going on too. The United Nations was so steeped in bad publicity over the years with all the scandals within it, where their peacekeeping forces were running prostitution rings and uh, with underage girls and all the rest of it, and, and making a lot of money selling photographs back home to the born companies and brothels, and uh, then roasting the occasional person over over in some country, over fires. Uh, that's all been disclosed in the news and forgotten about quickly by the public, who doesn't want to see evil or hear evil or talk about evil. And then the scandal of food for oil, when uh, the big boss at the UN, is his own son, happened to be handling it, and they were funneling oil out of Iraq and making a big pile of money and allowing some food to go in for a, for a great deal to starving people in. So here they are, and this is a little clip that was sent to me. It says here, it's by Kurt Nimmo, it says, it's a superhero, as in superhero, way to inculcate the younger generation. Marvel Comics and the United Nations are teaming up to create a comic book to show superheroes working with the agency to rid the world of conflict and disease. Oh, isn't that nice, folks, eh? And it says, reports the United Press International. United Nations and Marvel Comics are working together to develop a comic book set in a fictional war-torn country, which they'll make sure is war-torn, by the way, with superheroes working alongside UNICEF, you know, the ones to give a world culture, UNICEF, aid workers and UN peacekeepers. I love peacekeepers. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. And these guys look like soldiers to me with guns and so on. We call them peacekeepers. They're not invaders. No mention of the war-torn country uh, this will be based upon, but allow me to offer an example, Yugoslavia. In this example, the United States secretly supported a terrorist group, the so-called Kosovo Liberation Army, and filled the ranks with Al-Qaeda fighters, delivered by NATO with a bit of help from Germany's BND. As engineered, this project helped fuel Yugoslavia's social and ethnic divisions and create a situation rife for a peacekeeping operation. It also helped to have the IMF and bankers working on the destruction of the Yugoslavian economy, ushering in third world uh, worldization and blueprinted misery. And that's true because Yugoslavia was not part of the World Bank. They wouldn't go on it. And they even used the ethnic Albanians as a front, the poor ethnic Albanians. But what they didn't tell you, it was, it was groups within those ethnic Albanians that funneled the heroin out of Afghanistan to the big marketers who refined it down in Marseille, France. So it was holding up the heroin traffic, you see, and uh, you can't have that. You can't have that, especially when Poppy Bush was in charge of it at one time. 
So everything fits into place if you're thinking at all. And we're living under incredible, incredible corruption. That's the system we've been brought up in. We've been trained to see the wolves as good shepherds. And the training has worked so well on most people. You'll never figure it out for themselves because to to realize that your good master wants to kill you, uh, it does settle you down into reevaluating everything you'd ever thought about. Everything, that is, that you've ever thought about and reevaluating things into new categories and uh, and freaking out at first, of course. If you do freak out, do it quietly, privately. Don't let your relatives see you freaking out because they'll think you've gone crazy. What's happened is just, you're just breaking through. You're breaking through into a reality. And it's best to keep it quiet from those around you who are still in old think, conditioned think. And conditioned think has been very, very successful for a long, long time. Now, I've got so many articles I could go on about, but I'd rather just talk about this matrix, the matrix we're living in, and how everything, as I say, everything to do with your culture has been given to you. I had this conversation a couple of days ago with someone who talked about Ron Paul, and, and good luck to them all. You know. However, I said, look, this is beyond one man, the abilities of one man, because your entire, entire culture that you have adapted to, male, female, all age groups, and your children, were given to you to bring you to where you are today and to the next step. One man cannot bring values back that you've already lost, that have been taken away from you, and you've adapted to the new values, values put out by the culture creators. So it's much bigger, and it's above what you think of as elected governments. It's above them. The elected governments do what they're told to do by the parallel government, the one that Thatcher and Professor Carroll quickly talked about. They do what they're told. When this multi-bill multi went through, the Patriot Act went through, remember that the president ordered all the congressional men not to read it, or they would be unpatriotic if they did. Do you remember that? And do you remember how many hundreds of pages it happened to be anyway? You'd have to take about a month or two months off just to go through it, with a battery of lawyers to interpret what they were really meaning. But you know, only about three or four congressmen objected. They wanted to read it. Out of all those hundreds, four people objected. That tells you who these psychopathic politicians work for, the big boss, the high chutzpah, the guy at the top that can get them up the ladder if they're good little trained seals and clap their flippers like a circus seal. That tells you all you need to know. They don't represent you. If they did, they'd read every bill that went through. Yet for about 50 years, bills be getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it's physically impossible, even if you wanted to read them, to, to wade your way through it. You wouldn't have the, enough lifetimes to do so. That's why they're written that way. But at the top, those that write them, the batteries and batteries of bureaucrats within the real government know exactly what they're putting in them. And it was all designed to merge with what's happening right now, today. There are more laws on the books governing every aspect of your life 
is going to be interfered with shortly. More, uh, more, more laws than any tyrant or combined tyrants in history ever dreamed of. And you simply haven't seen them being put into effect as yet. Years ago, I said the goal for your main needs. And what are your main needs? It's food. They've gone for that big time. Shelter. Water. Clothing. Heating. And now we have reports coming out of Maine, uh, mirroring the ones in Canada and Toronto to do with the big food banks that are going under because now you have the working class poor who still have jobs but can't make ends meet anymore. They always get hurt first, you see. And local papers across the country, the States and Canada, have the same articles in them. You can't keep up at the bottom anymore because we're on a roll now to increase all energy. That was under the Kyoto Accord. Everything you pay for for energy is electricity, oil, everything. Natural gas is to go incredibly up. And that means all transportation of all goods, including food, will go up. And the food has been taken over by five agri-food businesses worldwide. The California is also uh, having a shake-up to do with its water supply because one big corporation that deals with California and other states as well down there is, is cutting back their water at least 10%, maybe 20% per household and jacking up the price about 10 or 20% at the same time. This is crisis creation. And I've been telling you that for years... This has been in the cards. They would use food, water, as a weapon. That's what they said to the United Nations many years ago. That's starting to happen. And this would be the beginning of demonstrations, just like Europe is going under right now. Demonstrations to do with the cost of food and so on, and the cost of living, which will eventually, as they jack up the prices even more, it will lead into riots. And that's why the Department of Defense in Britain, its top think tank, issued that 90-page report of what they foresee coming down for the next 30 years, increasing riots, nationwide, international, and so on, of an incredible scale, so much so that they're prepared to use little battlefield nuke bombs on big, big uh, riots. What do you think is going to stir up the people? Now, uh, they wouldn't be telling you this unless they knew step by step what is going to be done to the people to make them do the rioting. Now, that's very obvious. They know what's in store for us. They know because it's planned that way. The intelligence agencies know that works with the war institutions. You don't pay big boys, experts in their field, the kind of money they get paid to make mistakes. All data is gathered across the planet on a daily basis and fed into their hands, and they make their plans accordingly. But when they project 30 years of escalating riots and so on, by ordinary people, all age groups, right down to using neutron bombs on them, they know what they've got us in for. 
and they say they're preparing for it. And your basics, your basics, it's not going to be just uh, so many brownouts per, per week they'll give you as they do in Europe. But they'll actually tell you your city's going to be browned out for two hours this day, two hours that day as a cutback. It's, it's when you cannot afford food and you don't have enough water. And when you certainly can't heat yourself. And those that try and heat themselves by wood and ulterior methods will be forbidden to do so. Forbidden to heat yourself because you're setting all that carbon in the air. So you have a choice of freezing to death legally, legally dying and being frozen to death and complying. And the same thing goes with food. You only get it any way you can or watch your family starve. And water. The same techniques used thousands of years ago when they stormed big cities and starved them out and cut off their water supply are being used again on a grander scale, a global scale. Meanwhile, we see the Baroness de Rothschild in league with her hobby, buying up for peanuts, peanuts, pennies, all of the farms in India that went under because of the modified seed they were forced to take by their own government and Monsanto. Back with more after these messages. Other 
through the internet and the cell phone and all the rest of it. That's exactly what Marshall McLuhan talked about, where you'd be a bodiless person, a mind floating in space talking to others whom you'll never actually meet. Not only that, you'll become addicted to it until you don't really want to meet people. You become isolated. You're all being prepared for the next step. That's a sad statement to make because people cannot really bond anymore. That was it's been under attack for 60-odd years. Everything that made you bond has been destroyed. And youngsters now have so many partners, by the time they're 20, it's, it's been made impossible to bond for any length of time with a, a mate. A mate's different from a partner. You'll notice in all articles they call it partners now. See, a partnership is something you can break up and throw away. A mate is something more permanent. They don't like the name a mate anymore. It's all removed from the vocabulary that people use every day. And they're quite right, because Russell proved this back in the 1920s in his special schools, where they encouraged even pubertal sex with the school children that he was given custody of to do all these experiments on. And they found out that the more they had, and then they went up through the, the teenage years, they're also encouraged to have more and more. And the likelihood of ever bonding with anybody on any semi-permanent basis was, was zilch, zero. Nothing happens without testing. And the boys at the top are always so absolutely confident they can pull it all off because they have tested everything on us already. So we've got to get forward now, get really active very quickly to save those things which keep us human. So from Hamish and myself up here in Canada, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.